Good afternoon, everyone. You're welcome once again to the Sports Time Show here on Scarab Bay Community Radio on the tuning app in the source to measure their credit union. And on today's show, it's always, it's predominantly hurling, it's all Ireland, final weekend, one of the big, biggest weekends of the year. And as I'm joined in studio, as always, by co-presenter Pat McNamara and our special guests this evening, a well-known independent journalist, uh, Michael Verney, who will tease uh, the pros and cons of the All-Ireland final. And we're also going to be joined later on by our, one of our local analysts uh, from St. Joseph's, it's Patsy Fahey, who's going to talk about a bit about the club championship and, of course, the two games in the club uh, round this weekend between O'Callaghan's Mills and Ina Kilnamona and Wycott and Kilmeny. And now we're joined on the line by men well known to us here on Scarab Bay Community Radio, men who's very good to give us his time, uh, independent uh, journalist for all the way from Boar in County Offaly, uh, Michael Verney. Michael, you're welcome once again. Lads, how are you going? You can say what you like about Christmas being the most wonderful time of the year, but it doesn't get much better than All-Ireland Final Week, does Man, it? Michael, well, correct. Then, and as you said, All-Ireland Final Week, um, <coughs> the middle of August, it's still, it's still strange to get around saying it. You, you still, it still nearly comes off the tongue as the first Sunday in September, but we've got used to it now, even though last year it was pre-Christmas. But look, it's the uh, middle of August, and we're looking forward to All-Ireland Final Weekend. And what a pairing, Michael, Cork and Limerick. Yeah, it's a, it's a mad one. Uh, if Limerick win the All-Ireland this year, they'll have won, won so by playing no team outside of Munster, which is uh, would be history in itself. Yeah. And obviously, it's the first time these two have met in an All-Ireland final as well. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one from a Cork point of view as well. Cork, like even when Limerick were, were flying last year and even in 18 as well, and obviously in 19 when they beat them, Cork will always find their chances against Limerick. They always think that they match up well against Limerick. And I suppose history has probably proven that they drew with them in the round robin in 2018. They, they drew with them after normal time and were beaten in extra time in the other Ireland final in 2018 as well and should have beaten them in normal time. Beat them in 2019 then uh, in the Munster round robin too. They were bet by, bet by a few points in the Munster semi-final this year, but they've fancied their chances that they've improved a lot uh, and they have. They've improved an awful lot as a side and learned an awful lot and honed their game plan an awful lot more. So, And as, you, as, you, as you've seen with the, the underage results, the, the Rebels are definitely rising big time and uh, it's mad, mad to say that they've waited 16 years to not Ireland senior they could just go and win a, a rake of all Ireland in the space of a couple of weeks now it's a, a distinct possibility yeah, as you said, there's no doubt about it, that the tide is rising down there. There's no doubt about it. It has been coming. It has been coming for a while, but I tell you, it's very near, uh, very near fruition at the moment. And with their senior team uh, being in the in the All Ireland final, it's an added bonus, Michael. Oh God, it is. Yeah, and the underage teams, I'm sure, have been feeding off how well the seniors are going, and the seniors seniors will definitely be feeding off how well the underage teams are going, particularly the the under twenties as well. And there's times and. To be honest with you, um, the, the Offaly under-20 football win last weekend was almost like, that was a, a momentum kind of growing within the county, not just from that under-20 side, but from the senior hurlers uh, doing what you know they were expected to do and get back to Division 1 and winning the Christie Ring, and from the, the, the footballers getting promoted to Division 2 and you know doing, doing well and getting a good championship win over Loud as well. It's funny how momentum can build in a county and maybe you're capable of doing things maybe that you wouldn't have thought capable of before that, but there's an awful lot of optimism in Cork. And it's a funny kind of dynamic going into the game on Sunday. You have a Cork team that you'd imagine they'd be going up with no fear. Fair enough, they don't have the experience of an All-Ireland senior final, but there's no fear. You, like young, young lads will play with you know a lack of fear, an absence of fear, just like Clare did in 2013, just like Cork did 
in 99 and probably just like Limerick did in 2018 when they were in the first final. So they'll they'll go up and, you know, they'll fancy a fancy chance of taking a real call off Limerick. And Michael, it is great to see Offaly, you know, making strides, holding in football, and that was a, a real tonic last weekend the, the one from football and the style they wanted in as well. But let's go back to Cork. Before we go into the nitty gritty of the final and how it might be won or lost, you know, the structures and the, the under, underrated system they have in place there is very impressive. And I'm just wondering how, how much detail do you know about what they actually did there five, six, seven years ago? And as well as that, also, you might comment on the fact that CBC, the, the rugby school, is now I read an article during the week, and I think one of the one of the one of the one of the apps there that I think that between the minor twenties, the two twenty teams and and the senior team, there's up to sixteen lads who went through CBC involved in all those teams, which is amazing for a rugby school. So you know they're getting something right there back back in the city as well as the the other clubs as well. Big time, yeah. I I think you said what have they done in the last five or six years? I think it's probably just the go to the go to a decade. I'd say I think it was. I think it could have been ten years ago this year when uh, when Ardskull Reach absolutely annihilated uh, one of the Cork teams in a Hearty Cup final. I think it was Charleville, but I'm not a hundred percent certain. <clears throat> and Cork's it, Cork's kind of underage run how competitive they've been for a long, long time at minor and under twenty one as it was at the time kind of started coming to an end. And you know the results at that level just weren't particularly weren't particularly good. It obviously you know turned their structures upside down. I remember. Don't look you there, Kevin. Having basically a graph on the Sunday game one night of uh, that's right. Let's go. You're going back a while, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, under fourteen, under sixteen, minor, under twenty, and it was it was just a zero in nearly every column for the last, you know, for the last yeah. Lord knows how long. And they, they've obviously, like I remember, even a couple of, couple of years ago, just a sign of how things were turning. I think they won the Tony Forest, the A and B, probably in the last three or four years, like to win. You know, two like really, really elite competitions, and to have your A team win in one and your B team yeah. win another was probably a sign of the rude health that was coming. And um, the same, and, and just, the same year, Michael, they won both of them quite convincingly. That's right, yeah, that's right. Like so, the, like it, it does. T- it takes it takes an awful lot of work, but sometimes it takes a result like that Hearty Cup result just for people to realise, okay, we need to rip up what we were doing. We need to reinvent it. Just like just like Limerick have done, I got a decent bit of knowledge about what they were doing and what, how they basically ripped up their whole uh, underage system and you know re rewrote it and kind of roadmapped out where they wanted to be and they they are where they are now and Cork are are getting there. Uh, it is all about it's the same in any club in Ireland, any county in Ireland. It's all about looking after you know what's coming, what's there will kind of look after itself if you put the right structures in place. But it's all about looking after the 14, 15, 16, making sure the right structures are in place. But I've seen it awfully myself. The, you know, probably that under twenty team that won the All Ireland at the weekend was one of the first cohorts to come through. A really, really you know top class developmental squad where they got you know all the proper you know strength and conditioning that you just have to have now like we were miles off the pace with a lot of other teams Cork have obviously honed in on that as well like I don't know what it is about it I was thinking about it the other day about you know who are some of the fastest hurlers that have ever played the game and I, I, I if I mentioned 15 hurlers like say 12 of them are from Cork the likes of uh, Cotton Noxton Dara Fitzgibbon now Jack O'Connor now uh, ben O'Connor, Jerry yeah. O'Connor, even back in the day, and you're looking at these teams coming through now. And while uh, stick work and skills are always going to be paramount in hurling, speed.
speed is now an essential skill to play inter-county hurling. And they've clearly honed in on that and are developing that athletically as well as, you know, uh, technically. And just before we finish on that point, Michael, you know, um, as, as well as the coaches and instructors and all of that, I suppose having newer people uh, at county board level like, you know, Michael Dyden and Offaly, I know now that the work had started before Michael became chairman. You know, Frank retired in Cork and maybe maybe more forward thinking came in as well. The, the opposite, they serve the county as well when they're there. But, you, you know, you need 100% from from the actual under 12 or under 8 coaches at club level up to the very, very top of your county board. It has to be a concerted effort. Oh, you do, of course. And, and Kevin O'Donovan, who was one of the guys who uh, basically kind of rewrote their you know, developmental squads and what they wanted uh, various county squads and even clubs doing around the county, he's obviously involved as essentially, like in inverted commas, he's the CEO of Cork yeah. GA now. So you have a guy who, who basically went straight, like went down to grassroots and put those structures in place. And now he's you know, overseeing a lot of the larger work within the county. So that's kind of a succession plan in itself or, you know, it's a far, very progressive kind of forward thinking plan and they're bearing the fruits now and like, it's, it's, you find it hard to think that over the next decade, like that, you know, there's probably going to be, you know, a handful of All-Irelands for them if, if that sort of talent is, uh, is nurtured the whole way through the senior. And it's funny with the, the group that, that are playing Sunday, uh, while I said that they don't have any All-Ireland senior final experience, a large amount of them would have played in, in that under-21 final where they were beaten by Tipperary and there would have been a fair few even left over when they were beaten in the one the year after in the under-20 final. So they have that experience coming into the final as well. And all signs would suggest Cork coming. A lot of people will say, this is a year too soon. Everybody thought it was probably a year too soon for Limerick in 2018 as well when they came up against the dominant Galway team at the time. Uh, and I just, uh, there's, there's a part to me, if I was from Limerick, I'd, I'd, I'd have a bit of fear just because Cork are probably the one county that could just manage to pull this off having come from nowhere at the start of the year and just get everything to click and produce the performance that could win in All-Ireland. Yeah, and I suppose, Michael, just as you go back to the development squads and whoever, you know, uh, you're talking about Hoffley, they had great squads. The hurling isn't, is, is making great strides at underage level up there also. And as regards this football team, I suppose the one thing that every county is going to have to put in now is they're going to have a, a top test barber because this Cahal Egan has driven the whole place, <laughs> has driven the whole place mad. Um, I see more mullets going around lately because he's the athlete, you know. But in fairness, isn't it great to see an ad of um, under 20, you know, being really, I suppose, the pin-up boy for, uh, you know, and he's going to attract, you know, he's going to draw a lot of people down to sport and I suppose this new haircut anyway, they're all going around like him. <laughs> I think there was somebody giving out there about the under-20 finals during the week that none of them had mullets the hurling finals during the week. I think he's definitely, uh, he's definitely set the bar for, set the bar fairly high for, for style anyway, but like the power and pace of them as well, and just even that team was just so exciting to look at. And it's the same if you're if you're a Cork person looking at their under twenty side. Just just so much pace and just play. Uh, I remember seeing a clip. I, I can't think of the chap's name offhand now, but he just he did, did this flick of the ball off off his boot into his hand when there was about five actually, Limerick yeah. lads around him in, in in the Munster final, and you're just thinking like this is the this is like the new age of of hurlers that are coming now, and it's it's, it's exciting for Offaly, obviously with that twenty side, but hugely exciting for Cork, and um, hugely hugely exciting time, and over the next couple of years, uh, they definitely 
uh, they're definitely going to be uh, have a fair few people jumping on the bandwagon because they're not going to be going anywhere only straight to the top we say over the next couple of years and Michael look at obviously Sunday playing, playing Limerick they're coming up again you know the most physical team in, in the game the strongest team and probably the best hurling team in, 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 and the, in at the moment you know um, it's formidable opposition as you said Cork will, fe- will hold no fear Limerick I suppose will trade warily against Cork more like any other county but Really, uh, Cork have to up their standard a uh, good couple of levels if they're going to top Limerick. No, they will have to, of course, yeah. And it's kind of a, a real clash of styles too. We have a Limerick, a kind of a bruising Limerick side that, you know, want to take you into the trenches, want to make it a real physical battle. That's not to say, like, Cork don't have physicality to do, but they're generally, they will be trying to play around Limerick. They will be trying to not engage them physically, um, I suppose everybody saw what what Wofford did in the first quarter. Uh, it was it was an amazing thing to see a team really taking them on physically. I think Stephen Bennett knocked three different Limerick yeah. lads at different stages in the first quarter, but they were still four three down. Yeah, at the but end he probably of that first he quarter. probably and he probably knocked himself out in after that. Kind of, and he had to sustain three, that yeah. three long range frees within that quarter as well. Um, so, like, I I think that. I don't think you can fight fire with fire with Limerick. I think you need to uh, you need to have some other way of beating them. And in fairness, uh, some people might have uh, maybe not been happy with the way Cork were playing, and sometimes it's lateral and sometimes it's backwards. But you know they've been doing the same thing for the last good few years, and they've been getting the same type of results and coming up short. So they've probably gone even a bit more extreme with their kind of possession game and trying to get uh, their pacey players on the ball and create space for them. But at least it's something different and it's, it's going to be really intriguing to see how they try and play around Limerick, how they try and avoid that real kind of clustered middle third as well. It's and going to be fascinating, but there is that, there is that you know, caveat that you always think that Limerick will just bottle them up to a fair extent and they will be able to take it, they will be able to nullify a lot of these players that have a lot of the pace and probably get them in some physical exchanges that will, you know, take an awful lot of energy out of what are generally yeah, lighter players. Car players are much 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 lighter frames and Limerick will definitely be trying to engage them that way. It's just going to be intriguing to see how Cork try and avoid that physical battle because exactly. to, to me they're going to have they're going to have to avoid it to some extent if they if they're looking to win. And uh, Michael, just to be going through some detail, then maybe if we start at Limerick, Limerick or the Cork defence, we'll say it'll be interesting how they'll match up with Limerick's danger. I mean, you know, you have Robert Downey was a huge big guy, great in the air, and that will he be able to? You know, if Flanagan moves around, would they leave him on him? You know who will who will t- who will be taking on stopping Kyle Hayes going forward? Who who will 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 um, Coleman be kind of left free again? You know what what way do you think they might match yeah. up the the, the Limerick the, the Cork defence now trying to hold the Limerick forwards? Yeah, it's fascinating, really, isn't it? I think Sean O'Donnell who matched up very well with Galan when they played in the Munster final um, kept him kept him very quiet. It was unlucky then when that O'Donovan shot kind of deflected the half him into the net, but I thought he did very very well in that duel. Uh, Damien Catalan was playing that day on Flanagan and actually did quite well on him but he's, he's only kind of coming back into the yeah. fold uh, see the thing about Downey is Downey was probably given a good bit of trouble by Billy Ryan when Kilkenny were able yeah, to play yeah, low that ball that kind of player Downey. yeah mm. yeah he's, he's that kind of like, and, and I, that's the worry from a car point of view that Flanagan is that type of that type of player as well that will move into space I don't like I don't think you're going to see uh, I don't think you're going to see Limerick bombarding high ball down on top of Downey um, funnily enough, uh, we we had Joel Cannon on the Independent podcast there, the Troy podcast today, and he said that he thinks Robert Downey should be moved out to the half back line, and that they should bring in Sean O'Leary Hayes 
into the full back line as a kind of a mobile player with an awful lot of pace would, would be far more suited to that game, which I thought was a, an interesting angle yeah. to look at. They said they said that or Canning was saying that Downey would be effective in the half back line against Limerick because Limerick generally do play the ball down long puckers down on top of the half back line. So I don't know if I envisage that happening, but that would be an interesting one to see as well. Uh, Jer Miller has been out is, a, is going to be a big loss because. Mark Coleman kind of picked up Keane Lynch when he played directly at centre-forward, but he didn't play directly at centre-forward for very long. Monty drifted outside the 65. Uh, Mellorick was picking him up. Now, he's not technically uh, ruled out of the game yet, but he was put up for the Cork, uh, for the Cork press day last Saturday, uh, which would definitely suggest to me that he's, that he's not in the, in the reckoning. Uh, he said he, he would hope to be fit, and I hope he is fit, but uh, from all accounts I'm saying here, he's not going to be in the reckoning. But that kind of puts a bit of, conundrum, a bit of a conundrum on Cork to send maybe Nilo Leary out to follow him um, and that would kind of disrupt the play a small bit because you're sending a corner back out uh, out into the half back line out into the midfield but Lynch probably does deserve that specialist attention where he needs to be tracked the whole time yeah. because he just really is the the conductor of the orchestra there he makes everything tick for Limerick really uh, I think I think he matched up well with, with Hegarty the last day um, so I think they'll keep that match up um, on the other wing uh, Owen Cadigan actually played that day having missed a bit of time since and he matched up very well with Tom Morrissey uh, Morrissey that was Morrissey's worst game for Limerick in a long long time I'd say but he's in a different vein of form now yeah. and will pose a different threat to uh, to Tom Morrissey now so like if, if Lynch is followed then Cork are playing with seven defenders if they're playing with seven defenders you know, it's going to be very, very hard to do a lot of damage to the Limerick defence if Declan Hannan is like actually free the whole time. It's one thing if he's sitting back, but there's a man occupying occupying him at times. Well, if he's like free the whole time, like he was against Waterford, uh, Waterford just couldn't penetrate, couldn't penetrate the goal enough. Yeah. So I, I kind of think they'd be shooting themselves in the foot a small bit if they go directly with a sweeper. But um, it, that, I suppose there's some of the there's some interesting duels there. Tim O'Matney's probably looking like he's going to be an all-star wing back, and he's going to come up against Roald Hegarty, which Roald Hegarty's probably coming into a bit more form now as well. So that's going to be one forward, of many Titanic mm. clashes. Yeah. And there's no doubt, Michael. You know, this is the third time they've played this year, and and you know, Cork will probably you know they they use the league obviously to work out their game plan against Limerick, and Limerick pressed up very very high. On Patrick Collins, you know the rookie goalkeeper, even though a very experienced young goalkeeper at 24, they they shoved up very high and and really pressed his puck out and probably dismantled it, dismantled it really. But in fairness, the cock they went at it again and and they will have it perfected to a much higher level now at this stage. They definitely will. Uh, I look back at the league game and Cork went short the whole time and Limerick pressed them very very high and turned over a couple of balls and that's. You know that's quite demoralising if that happens, particularly in an early game. So it was noted then in the Munster Championship that Limerick or that Cork went an awful lot longer, particularly early on, and contested uh, and contested well in the puckouts. Won won at least fifty percent of their longer puckouts. So they they weren't just going to go short and allow Limerick to turn them over. They went a good bit longer. Harnady picked up a couple. Robbie O'Flynn picked up a couple. They played the balls into space at times as well and managed to keep themselves in the game there. And then were able to mix it between long and short. And they'd be expecting the, the same on Sunday. Um, it just 
I, th- I think they want to make sure that they're still in the game at the end of the first quarter. So if they go short and Limerick press high, it, it can be kind of a kamikaze game at times because if they're turned over, uh, you know, you're, you're 20 or 25 yards from the goal and it could be, you know, if they can see the goal from a big turnover like that in another in the final, it'd be, uh, it'd be a real sucker punch that'd be hard to overcome. So I actually think they coped well enough on their own puck out and I was surprisingly... Uh, I'm surprised nearly looking back at it to see how well they actually did and Nicky Quaid on the flip side in the Munster, Munster semi-final a lot of his long pokeouts were lost so uh, the Cork half back line and even people would say that Cork aren't that physical they're, they're very physical you know when particularly when their backs are attacking the ball it's just when they're maybe when their own forwards are attacking the ball they're not as physical but I would expect definitely expect them to mix between long and short in the pokeouts and it's amazing like if we were talking 20 or 25 years ago, I think the last thing we'd be talking about is puckouts and how important they are. But yeah. that's, that's just the way the, the modern game is now. And, you know, it's crucial for, you know, the winning side will probably have retained possession two-thirds of the time from their own puckouts. And that's just, that's just the way it is now. Yeah, and Michael, you mentioned Nicky Quaid. That was, that was my next question to you. Going back to that semi-final in Torles against Cork. And Cork were very much in the ascendancy when Patrick Horn got, Patrick Horgan got a penalty. Dubious enough penalty, may I add, given against Peter Casey. And with Peter you're, Casey. A real, you're a real backman. You're a real defender. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Patrick Horgan, brilliant save from Nicky Quaid. If that goal had gone in, we could be talking a very different championship. We could be, definitely. They would have been five up at the time. Uh, all of a sudden, that one was saved. Uh, Limerick managed to kind of weather the 10-minute storm when Peter Casey was in the sin bin. And then they hit him, hit him with two goals, two goals in injury time. And I actually was looking back at it last night again. I think it was really, really interesting. Limerick had a puck out and there was two minutes of injury time, just two minutes of injury time played. And Nicky Quaid had the ball. And I don't think they would have tried it at any other stage of the game. But they knew essentially that they had a free shot. A free shot, yeah. Create something. Yeah. So Hayes bombed forward under the puck out and was nearly at, at the opposition 45 when the puck out landed. Followed his run and, you know, stuck a brilliant goal. I don't think if that had happened at any other stage of the game that he would have taken that chance. But they knew that time was on their side. They had about 20 or 30 seconds to make something happen. And they did. And, you know, they essentially had the game killed off at half-time when it could have been five down and a man down uh, just maybe 10 minutes before that. So it, it's amazing how a game can kind of flip like that. And just on Horgan as well, Horgan was off-form, off-colour that night. A really rare off-colour performance rare, yeah. for him in, in a Cork jersey. And like, he was brilliant the last day, particularly when Cork were struggling. He was the one that kept them in it. So, like, you're looking at... Going into Sunday, you're looking at a Limerick team that's in much better form than they were for that month. That Munster semi-final did you know a, a huge amount of wides that night. It was up near 15, I think. You have a Cork side uh, who you know the talisman was not on form that night. He's on form now, and Cork's game plan is much more honed coming into the final. So like, I do think it. I do think it's 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 all set to be an absolute belter of a final. And uh, isn't it great that we'll have. You know, it'd be great if we had 82, but at least we have 40 there. Because the 24 uh, that were at Crow Park last Sunday and the night before for Dublin and Mayo, it sounded like there was 240,000 <laughs> there. The, the noise that was there. Sure. It's just great because that, that, that's what our game is about. Yeah. People enjoying that and people getting out to support our county and just seeing what it means to different people. So looking forward to that now. It'll be the largest crowd we've had since 
probably the All Ireland final in 2019. You know, you're really setting up. You're really wetting our Michael. Just on the match myself, my own view is that if there's a shootout at points, say, and there's no goal scored, Limerick could clearly win nearly because they'd be they'd probably yeah. take more shots on goal anyway. Whereas Cork have been actively looking for goals lately, which they haven't been maybe for a while. And uh, there's a possibility here to to, to make the game really close. That Cork might maybe manage a couple of goals on, on Limerick, and if Limerick kind of keep shooting for fellows as they always do, it could lead to a really close game. But Cork will need the goals to win it. I, I I'd be thinking. I'd agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I don't, don't think you'll beat. I don't think you'll beat Limerick. Um, if Limerick are going going hitting twenty three or twenty four points, that sort of shoe I don't. I don't think you'll beat them like that. Cork are going to need something like a, something like a two nineteen or two twenty kind of a tally. I'd say they're going. They're going to need a couple in that of region. Goals. Yeah, I, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd be. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if if Cork are within you know a couple of points if if they hit one goal or less. They're going to need two or three. And in fairness to them. Uh, I remember chatting Ben O'Connor last year after the after they were beaten by Waterford, and he just said that he thought he, in fairness to me, always calls it as it is. He said that he thought there was too many lads taking the handy option and getting their name on the score sheet by tipping the ball over the bar. Yeah. And now you kind of have the opposite of that. You have they're almost not tunnel vision goals, but if there's a half chance on, they will play that pass and they will they will force the issue and try and create that goal. And that's the that's the fear I'd have from if I was a Limerick supporter and even if I was a Limerick defender that these lads uh, these lads will not take the easy option. They will try and go for those green flags and if they get a couple of them on Sunday, it's going to be really, really interesting. Yeah. And the big question on everybody's lips and it hasn't been announced yet, uh, does Shane Kingston start or does he come on as an impact sub again? Uh, I'll, I'll be starting him, uh, to be honest with you, because it could be a case, uh, particularly against Limerick, uh, with the way that they have they have these like uh, moving quarters almost since the quarters were brought in where they just can finish a game off in a quarter they did it in the second quarter against Walford so I'll, I'll put it this way if if Limerick uh, produce a second quarter like they did against Waterford, Cork will be beaten by half time yeah, and I agree with if you Shane King, if, Shane, if Shane Kingston is coming in and he's going to come in at half. Like they're not going to bring him in after twenty minutes yeah. unless someone is going very, very poor. So to bring him in at half time, then you're, you're kind of forcing the issue a bit. Like, like you're looking for him to get five or six points again. And I just, I just don't, not sure if that's you know a realistic thing. You can't be bringing him in when they're four or five down. I, I'd be starting him uh, personally, and I don't think he's going to shoot the lights out like he did the last day. That was nearly maybe a once in a lifetime type performance. But if he chips in with a couple of points. And it's taken off after the 50th minute. He's always good. For, he's Shane always Bar- good. He's always good for a goal or two as well, Michael. To be fair to him. Yeah, and and, and he got the goal against Limerick last. Day. He turned turned in a phone box and rattled it to the net. But like, if he if he does his job, you know, for 50 or 60 minutes, and that's not to say he won't shoot the lights out again. He could, but someone else. They have loads of guys to come in. Shane Barrett's got one four, I think, off the bench this year in the championship. Uh, Alan Cadigan was obviously brilliant in the last. Day. He could have had a hat trick of goals when he came yeah. in. There's another guy that can come in. Uh, probably Damien Callan can come in in defence. Uh, Alan Connolly, obviously as well, can come in up front. Like they've got loads of options. It's not like you're holding you're holding Kingston because you know he's the ace in your pack. He's the, your sub that can. He's your one sub that can do a lot of damage up front. I think they've got a handful of them that can do damage up front. So I'd, I'd be starting them, and uh, I'd be starting them, and I'd be anyone that's in that forward line in particular. I'd be telling them just to empty the tank. 
for as long as you possibly can. And while maybe you mightn't see the benefits on the scoreboard, the man that comes in and replaces you will be marking a man that hopefully is that bit leggy or that bit tired that that sub can take advantage. And I do think Cork have a much better bench than Limerick at this stage. Kylie has essentially used nearly all of the same personnel uh, as he did in 2018, bar probably Mike Casey and Shane Dowlin, who's retired. Neither of those two are obviously, you know, available or part of the, the mm. setup for this weekend. Uh, they used the subs very late the last day. I think it was 65 or 66 Correct. minutes by the time they got Correct. in the sub the last day. And uh, I, I don't know if the same fate is there in the bench. That's why I thought it would have been unbelievably interesting uh, if Casey had, if Casey's suspension had been upheld because the the reserves would have been called in way earlier. Great Catty yeah. would have started. That would have been taking somebody off their bench that was coming in. Uh, now I think I, the Casey thing would uh, the balance would probably tip in Limerick's favour anyway. But Casey being available, I think tips the balance further. Just don't know. I don't think they have the same reserves as they have other years, and uh, I think they would have been in a bit of trouble without him. Yeah. Particularly, Dermot Burns carries a knock into the game. Uh, he was in a boot last week. Uh, I believe he's back training and all. But, yeah, he is. You know, he's, he's back. Fo- he's back. If he if he's forced off after fifty or fifty five minutes, or there's a recurrence or something like that, all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're going to have to Limerick are going to have to learn on the job a bit with lads coming in. Maybe they haven't seen too much game time this year. So I I just think when when you know when push comes to shove, there's an awful lot has to go right for Cork, and there's probably a, a good few things have to go wrong for Limerick and potentially you know an injury or a sending off or something like that has to come into the equation too for Cork to win I think yeah so you're going with Limerick and we we, we, we leave and that we leave that on Ireland final the other big news uh, during the week on the hurling scene Michael uh, Liam Sheedy uh, resigning as a temporary manager and that throws up an awful lot of conundrums but in fairness to Sheedy he came back he, he won his All-Ireland in his tenure Maybe, I suppose, he maybe he thought they'd get another one out of it. Unfortunately for Tipperary, it wasn't to be the case. But um, who's to say Liam Sheedy won't be back again in the future? But now it's really opened up the, all the questions of who's going to be his replacement. Yeah, I, I don't think the, the managerial merry-go-round has ever been as exciting or as moved at the pace that it, that it is this year. It, it's fascinating. I kind of had a fair idea that, that Liam was going to step aside... Uh, probably little else to prove in his second coming they got in All-Ireland probably uh, probably quicker maybe than, than they thought and Limerick have probably been their, their kryptonite in, in recent years and just the fact that there wasn't that much uh, man, much kind of new personnel particularly guys from that under 21 under 20 team uh, I kind of thought it was the end of the road and that maybe someone else needed to come in and inject a lot of that that youth in and like Liam Sheedy departing Definitely would lend, you know, my opinion that that Liam Cal would would be the Tipperary manager for 2022. I, I do think that. Um, I, I think he's the most obvious candidate. I think he he like he jumps. I think he jumps well clear of of the, the yeah. next best candidate with what he's done. It's, he's done it all really. He's done it all at minor level and under twenty and under twenty one level. He, he's shown that he can do it uh, at senior inter county. Like one too many lads jumping up and down looking for the Waterford job. Uh, when when he took the job, Ty Deborka was out with a, with a cruciate. Uh, all of a sudden, Cal comes in, totally turned the thing around, got into Munster and All Ireland final, got them back to a semi final this year. Like under his watch, they've beaten who's the beaten? They've beaten Cork, Kilkenny, uh, Clare, Galway, and Tipperary in two championship. The only one, the only one they haven't beaten is Limerick. 
essentially answer no. Outside of Kilkenny two years ago, nobody has beaten Limerick really. You know, and Cork in the in the round robin. So like he he took them from from the ground and you know built them up into a serious side. An interesting question would be like who's most likely to win an All Ireland sooner in Liam Cattle's head if you're looking at Waterford or Tipperary? I think that's an interesting question. Um, but I do, the Waterford will move hell or high ground to to keep him because and I know. Jamie Barron was talking in the media last week about just you know how good he is and how they feel they can win an All Ireland under him. So it's it's just going to be so interesting to see how how it plays out. You have obviously uh, Davy Fitz is free at the moment, which leaves the Wexford job vacant. You have vacancies in. You could potentially have a vacancy in Waterford. Uh, you know you have vacancies in Westmead. You have vacancies in Kerry. Nobody really knows what's going on in Galway at the moment. Um, She's very quiet out there at the I, moment, right? Yeah, they are very quiet. I, I have, I think, as much. I think he's done everything there need to, that he could possibly do in Kilkenny, and I do think, I do think Brian Cody could well walk away this year. I don't think mm. he's anything left to prove, and I, th- I think he'd be walking away, leaving them in good health, and you know, as back-to-back Leinster champions inside their shield against Cork. So I wouldn't be that surprised if there was a vacancy there as well. So. Uh, it's going to be so interesting to see how it plays out. But just a word on Liam Sheedy, like he he no, like he didn't have to come back. And they say you should never go back. And he got another All Ireland on it on his CV. Like this is a guy who stopped, you know, he stopped the greatest team of them all, the greatest hurling team of them all in 2010. And with you know most of the same, a lot of the same soldiers on board, won All Ireland in 2019. And I actually think he by him coming back and winning All Ireland. Not only did he cement his own legacy, but he cemented the legacies of, you know, the likes of Seamus Callan, Noel McGrath, uh, Paddy Maher, Bonner Maher, uh, Brendan, Brendan Maher, Maher sure, uh, yeah. who's also recently retired. They all ended, they're all going to end their career with at least three All-Ireland medals. And for the talent that they have, that's the least they deserve as well. And a lot of that would go back to Liam Sheedy, of course, too. And there's no doubt that you say that the, the championship merry-go-round I suppose Matty Kinney has come to if he's telling me in Dublin whether he's going to be kept on or not that's yeah. that's that's another one but really it looks like it's like the premiership in soccer you're, you're often at the beginning of the season it's a merry-go-round in the, in the, over there with the managers I tell you it is the hurling. It's taken up uh, front stage with the the managers uh, at the moment, and of course uh, Brian Lohan hasn't been reappointed as as Clare manager yet. So there's a lot a lot of uh, fi- um, a lot of fires being 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 stoked up. There's no doubt about that. I'm not sure what you're at down there, but that man that man should be that man should be given as many years as he wants after what he's after doing the last two years, in my opinion. Well, we can't totally we can't court with that. Totally. You get a lot to agree with you down here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think. I think he totally exceeded expectations in those two years. And I heard P- Peter uh, Duggan was back at the weekend and hit 12 points for Cody Quinn. He did well. Shane O'Donnell uh, is back in action with Aero Guinness, which is great to see after some serious concussion problems. Like, imagine having those two boys back in the fold next year, you know, two of the best forwards in the country. Um, Claire, would be a, Claire would be some force if they had them back on board and you have Lowen going into his third year after. Like, at the end of the day, lads, like Claire, there's nothing to say. Claire wouldn't be in the position. Correct. Cork are now had had Patrick Collins not pulled off that day. From you know right, I mean? right. Yeah. And also, you know, also, also like, Michael John Condon played a starring role in the forwards for his own club team last Saturday or last Sunday to get them over the line in the first round of the championship. Also, Liam, Michael, one last question before you go. Um, yeah. who, I know we have the All Ireland final to come Sunday. Who's your player of the year at the moment going into that Ireland final? 
geez, a fair, a fair question. Um, I don't think there's anybody totally jumping off the page to you, maybe like like a Grod Hegarty was last year. But like, take out the take out the Cork game in the Munster semi-final, and Tom Morrissey's been outstanding in the last two games. Like he's just he's just a, like an energizer bunny. He just keeps going and going and going. And in the last two games, like, I don't know if he's had a wide hardly. And even when they were going poorly against Tipperary, he was the one that was keeping the scoreboard ticking over. So it would probably be him at the moment. I picked an all-star team the other day, and who else was outstanding? It's probably probably him at the moment. Even though I have a massive uh, I have a massive soft spot for Willow Donahue and the hard graft. A very underrated, very underrated player. Yeah. No doubt. I, how, how he didn't get an all-star last year is mind-boggling, really. But uh, if he had a big final performance, he could potentially be in the mix as well. Keane Lynch is going to be in the mix too, just based on you know if he does another tour de force like he yeah, had. Yeah, he and Kyle Hayes, I suppose, as well. Yeah. Kyle, yeah, Kyle Hayes catches the eye, you see. Yeah, but I would have had it down. Yeah, I, Hayes, I would have had it down. Kyle Hayes runs forward and gets another one of them goals. That's it, you see, on a point or two, yeah. Too far off. Mm. And just something on Hayes as well. Like, uh, those goals are great, but he's brilliant defensively as well. He's so strong and tough defensively. And I think maybe people expect a big, massive play from him every day. You can't do that every day. But <laughs> I, I was looking at him wrestling with Jack Fagan the last day. Like, he's just a real physical specimen. And imagine to say, like, he's that good that teams are putting man markers on him a half forward. Like, that's it's just un- unheard of. That's like Jack McCaffrey territory in football. That's just yeah. how good he is. But I'd say, I'd say it's probably between a handful of, of three and four limits. Henry but Kitts. the only thing I will say as well, someone was saying this to me the other day, and this isn't beyond the realm of possibility. If Cork win the All-Ireland, uh, Patrick Horgan will have a fair shout at getting hurler deer. Uh, for a couple of reasons he'll, he'll have had to have played well in the final and similar to Joe Canning in 2017 um, Joe Canning to me was not the best player in, in Ireland no. in yeah, no, I agree. not I even in Galway but, yeah. but, mm. but it's almost it's almost um, as a token of you know what the he's career. done for the last yeah. decade yeah. and for mm. Horgan it would be what he's done for the last 12 or 13 years so don't rule maybe that one out either there's no doubt about that. Um, Michael Verney, as always, it's very good to talk to you. And I think you have set up another interview here with us on Scarlet Bay Community Radio when we go to pick our All-Star team, maybe next week after the All-Ireland final. Uh, very good to talk to you again, Michael. Lads. Yeah, no bother at all. Good man. Thanks very much, Michael. Uh, we'll, Most we'll enjoyable. Go to meet him all good. Thanks, boys. You're listening to Sportsline on Scarlet Bay Community Radio, 88.3 and 92.7 in East Clare. Around the world on ScarifBayRadio.com and on the TuneIn Radio app. Sportsline is sponsored by Derek Credit Union. And Munzi, and thanks to Michael Verney for taking the time to talk to us. And now we go from one sporting legend to a, another sporting legend, another man very well known to us here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. A man with All Ireland club medals has trained numerous teams, gives us great entertainment on and off the field. Uh, it's Petsy Fehi from James Joseph's. Petsy, you're welcome once again. Thank you very much, Leah. Thank you. Petsy, I suppose, look, we'll talk about, uh, quick about the All Ireland final later on. Your overall view, Petsy, on the first weekend of games in the club championship? Yeah, sure. Look at it. It's great to great, great to get it kicked off. I suppose uh, you know, and uh, there were some games that tickets were 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 like gold dust. I said there were there was easier to get an an Ireland ticket than can get a couple of local tickets for games. But um, you know, it was very very encouraging to see to to see it kick off. And uh, you know, 
we kept we kept abreast of the situation probably by by following Twitter feeds and and another another sources. But uh, you know some 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 fine matches uh, produced and uh, you know both in the senior and in, in the media championship. And uh, you know a first round is always always the trickiest. Uh, Leo, uh, you know you, you you just hope to hit the ground running if you if you if you're involved in the team and uh, you know get over the line because two points. Can 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 really catapult you, especially when there's a bit of a delay uh, in certain groups for another three weeks. If you do lose and, and maybe lose heavily or maybe maybe don't play well, you have a lot of time to think about the um, to, to the next round. So it, it was vitally important to that 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 obviously if you're involved in a certain certain team that you got you got all in the first round. So there was some big wins there from from many a club there over the over both both uh, senior and intermediate over the weekend. Yeah, and I suppose Petsy, looking at the games, that we can't drill too long because the time is is is, is against us but I suppose the real as, as, as I remember a lot of Messi Matt O'Brien you said it was often but like for you, it's the same old faces uh, coming to the fore you have the bridge in the senior championship you know um, going to be very hard to beat again your own beloved St. Joseph's putting up a massive score in the first round intermediate probably making them uh, early early favours for the intermediate what other teams kind of took your fancy uh, Petsy? Yeah, you have to say that Ina Kilimona's uh, win over, over the local rivals Kimeli was a uh, was a big win. That's a you know we all know that that uh, that's a savage group with 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 Tanara and obviously the Mills in it as well and and Whitegate. So I mean to to, to for for for, for Limona to come from behind and maybe have a, a big third quarter like that would do wonders for that club up there. I know they're probably disappointed in 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 the last few years that they they haven't they haven't probably got to the to the next level. But that that win looks like a little bit more to me now. And if Ainek Limona obviously this weekend will touch on it, if they can go on and win win another big game again this weekend in that group, they'll be they'll be well pleased to to, to get out of that group. Um, you know. You'd have to say the Bellier, you know, and Bradford. It sounds like a cracker as well. I mean, it was down to the wire, and uh, you know, Tony and then Nile DC probably just pushed, pushed Bellier just over the line. But Bradford lost nothing in defeat there, and they can still, they can still have a have a have a rattle at that getting getting out of this group. You know, looking at the other ones, I suppose you know a very tough dogged group is is the Fecal and uh, Clooney and uh, Newmarket okay, in their own group. Yeah. You know, you know that draw the Fecal and Clooney got it just gives them a lifeline, and they probably will give them a lifeline until the last game even you know regardless of their second second round result you know whereas they're all now under pressure probably to win the next one and if they don't you know that they'll be they'll, that, that would be a major casualty if they don't come out of the group you know so but a good, good win for no market obviously uh, to, to, to hold top over their rogue um, you know I suppose from, from, from looking at it I suppose disappointed in Scarif the, 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 it, it, was, it was really an opportunity maybe to to, 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 to come alive in the senior, senior hurling after winning a great intermediate championship last week and I'm sure they're bitterly disappointed in Scarif but you'd imagine there'd be a kick uh, sting in the tail and it looks like Scarif and Castle has, has all the makings of, uh, of, of do or die you know to, to either to either get out of the group or, 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 or to be in the relegation dogfight and I suppose yeah, we, you've covered it all there and Petsy as we talk, as, you, as you said we're going to have a quick word before we go on to the Intermediate Championship we have a, a group a couple of group games this weekend again as you said Aina Kilnamona playing the Mills Wycott uh, playing uh, Kilmady um, I suppose to all intents and purposes Kilmady have to win this one or, or they're in dire straits Wycott I suppose have to cushion that they have another you know they can this is only their first game you're tossing these two games Petsy yeah Kilmady Wycott Park uh, you know it's um it's, you know, it's, it's it's very 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 tricky. Um, you know, coming 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 into the first the, the first game. You know, and uh, 
it, 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 it's not easy lads uh, coming off the blocks and Kilmele have a game under their belt you know so you, you'd imagine Kilmele would, would 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 get by especially in the game on uh, on the park and they had a game the last week you know the the Aina Kilmona Mills game there's maybe an element of revenge on this one for Aina Kilmona after getting turned over by the Mills there last year so it's um, Mills would be disappointed in their second half performance probably against against Clannara but you have to give full credit to Clannara for coming back from, from six down to win by four you know so that was a, that was a huge result for Clannara as well so it looks like Aina Kilmona coming coming in in rude health in, into that game and, and I'd fancy Aina Kilmona to get the job done over the Mills this weekend One quick one Patsy I'd like to ask you before we move on and that is uh, John Conlon was back up to his up in the forwards where we, we always figured he, he was at his best maybe uh, do you think this might be the start of a change for him in the clear seat I know it's a long time away but you know is that where you'd like to see him or were you happy with what happened in terms of his centre back contribution I think his centre back contribution was, was was good. You know, it was something that Claire probably needed. Claire Claire tried, but I just think maybe maybe John would be another year older. You know, he had a, he had a, had a major injury. I forget not so long ago. Another year older, and 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 the legs would obviously you know get slower. Um, you know, maybe centre back might might not be the option next year for Claire. In my view, I prefer to see him up in the in the forwards. I mean. Just looking at the Clare match, uh, you know, uh, not so long ago you know, against Cork. Unfortunately, we didn't get over the line. But I mean, it could have been an option to to move him up in, when 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 Aaron Shanahan wasn't probably going going as well as 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 all Clare supporters would have yeah. liked. But it just seemed that we, we might have needed another another big man up there. And obviously, um, Big John would 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 have maybe done the job for the last ten or fifteen minutes up there. And obviously, with the return of Peter Duggan, which was great to see at the at the, at the weekend. Correct. Um, you know, if Peter stays around, and you know, we're not sure. What's, what's, what's his status now after 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 a club championship? Will he go back to Australia or will he stay? But if he does stay around, obviously he'd be another huge huge addition in the forwards, you know. And and also and on the side board, of course, see Shane Shane O'Donnell uh, line out as well for a rogue. Um, you know, it was all bad news up until up up, up until he lined out. So it was just great to see him back. He shows no ill effects from from his 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 long awaited his long awaited uh, you know game again after after concussion. And I suppose uh, Petsy turning to the intermediate championship quite quickly, and I suppose your own St Joseph's uh, the standout scoreline seven twenty two. I suppose a lot of the games uh, were probably fixtures that were expected. Kilanin is winning over Tubber, probably the highlight of the weekend in the Intermediate Championship. Pat won't we'll agree, but he says uh, Tubber were, he's saying Tubber were very, very poor playing, playing it down. And I suppose um, Pertin getting over uh, Corofin, maybe possibly another shock, Petsy. Yeah, look, I mean, just touching on the on the Joseph's game, I mean, I, I said, you know, I said sorry for Clan Lara because I mean, Joseph just hit the ground running and a couple of goals early and it rocked Clan Lara to the core and, you know, in fairness to Joseph's, they, 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 they were sharp and they, they used the ball well and in fairness to Clan Lara, you have to give Clan Lara, you know, they kept plugging away and plugging away and they actually showed flashes in Clan Lara in the second half of possibly a team maybe that could get it together for the second round. So I wouldn't dismiss them to- totally on that, but it was just one of them days that everything went right for Joseph. Uh, it, it, it won't be as easy, easy in any game in that, in that group again because of Partey and Colofin, obviously. The touch in the Partey and Colofin game, that was a super comeback from Partey to, to beat Colofin. You know, again, Colofin have an issue. I was there last year myself. Colofin will have an issue in, in closing out games and that's a, that's, a, that's a huge result in the context of the group because it'll probably come down to Colofin, you know, having to win the last two now and that's obviously against Calera next and then maybe to beat Joseph to get out of the group which, is, which, which isn't going to be an easy task. You know, um, you know full credit in, in, to, to look at the other results there. You have to give full credit to Kilinena 
who have become harder to beat over the last couple of years. And that's from a neutral side of it. You know, you'll be listening to things and you'll be reading, you'll be reading some stuff and, and, and hearing about games. They have become harder to beat. And in fairness, this this this, this result was probably coming maybe for a couple of years. And Tubber maybe without their, their, their full hand as a full deck, you know, suffered the consequences and killing in, you know, were worthy winners in the end. Uh, you'd have to say a, a good, good a, a tough group as well because in fairness to the bridge and Ina Kilimona, that's the, they are two two difficult teams and Kilinane and then have probably won against the head if you call it and have maybe uh, two outs now against the bridge or, or Ina Kilimona maybe to get a win and get out of that group so it was a fantastic a fantastic result for Kilinane uh, Tola had a comprehensive a comprehensive victory over Kratlock that's what you know Tola didn't did, didn't inspire anything really last year they were disappointing I'm sure they want to put that you know to, to last year to bed and, and, and get out and get out of the group uh, Smith O'Brien's another comprehensive win again a very hard team very difficult team on their day to win you know so they were the favourites I suppose you know, looking at uh, you know a good solid performance from Budaik and a big scoreline uh, four seventeen to put up against the market again. You know, a good group for Budaik. You know, they have a, they have a chance now. You know, obviously probably be favourites against Castle when they come come up and play. So again, they have they have a chance, and then Ruan and themselves probably would be favourites enough to get out of the group now at the moment. So all in all, it was a, a very a very a very good 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 week's work for a lot of clubs in the intermediate uh, in, in intermediate hurling. Other clubs like the Tubber and like the Corrigan have a few weeks now to dwell on, on their losses, and it's up to the management of all them teams now to get them right and ready for the for, for the second round that's in, correct and, and very much agree with you there uh, on, on a more general note as regards intermediate there was four of the of the teams you know the second teams of senior clubs who got absolute hammerings at the weekend and I suppose maybe not for the immediate conversation but just your general thoughts on you know something needs to be done I suppose to keep that intermediate uh, championship so competitive I know the top five or six seven teams Bring up great, bring great matches in it, but there are three or four very, very weak teams who probably aren't up to the standard. How do you see that penning out over the next few years? What, what should be done? Do you think? Yeah, it's a difficult one. It's not. It's, they don't usually. Uh, they don't usually come a, come a cropper like that. Now that that'll be a very, very uh, unusual um, score lines. You know, especially yeah. the Clare score, obviously. But so Castle were very disappointing. Like you know, putting up only one seven. You know, getting a nice trimming against Rowan. You know, hadn't been going that well before this. Like that. That was a surprising score line. I know the Mills are and long up from 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 June. You know, like the Mills plugged away. You know, Cracklow are difficult and have a decent enough second team. So they. they it was just one of the weekends that I wouldn't read too much into it at the, at the yeah. moment. You'd have to see how the how the next few games and would see the trend. Yeah, would there be a bit of a pattern? But I, I wouldn't get too carried away just yet. But I mean, you, 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 you'd imagine it would get better from the teams because sometimes you don't know who who you have after the first round of the championship. At least with lads been taken on the on the first round, you know, for the likes of Ina Kilimona who would only think eighteen tagged out or something like that. They at least know who to have now going forward and maybe. They can get they can they can get that panel sharpened up again for for the next round. Petsy, as, as you speak about management there, and a quick word, and I know we spoke about the uh, the tenure of Brian Lohan there at, at another at an earlier uh, previous interview, um, and we went to, we want to go on quick on for a few minutes on the All Ireland final. But what's going on in 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 Clare G at the moment? Like Brian Lohan, there was a club first round of championship last weekend, and the manager didn't seem to be you know the manager wasn't in place. Yeah, it's, it's 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 again it's 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 stalled really. Um, we're only hearing little tidbits that uh, you know we're not hearing very positive tidbits on the side from from a fan's point of view that we'd like to we'd like to have Brian obviously. I mean, they give it their all for Brian. I mean, touching on the All Ireland, uh, you know, we could look there ourselves. That's how close it was, like for 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 for, for our own county player this year. And Brian Lohan was the was the leader of that. You know, so obviously going into a going into a local local round of the championship, you know. 
who we got in charge next year, we don't we don't actually know. You'd hope that Brian would, would be going around to the matches and, and and having a look again because we need to obviously find another few players, you know, to, to straighten up the panel, you know. And um, but obviously the the Clare GA haven't um, haven't haven't put pen to paper yet for, for Brian. For we were looking for an extension there not so long ago, like in mid season, and it's um, you know we just hope from, from a Clare point of view that it started quickly, maybe even before the second round of the championship starts, but. Uh, uh, I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah, I think he's in peril. He's in charge for the second round of the championship. But look, we, hopefully everything will sort it out. Petsy, we five minutes left as the clock is ticking. Massive weekend. All Ireland Holland final. Petsy, Cork and Limerick. Your t- your take on the game itself, uh, Cork and Limerick. And also one last question: Who would be your player year going into the final, Petsy? Yeah, look, look at it. It's a, a fantastic final. I think I think we're in store for a for a cracking final. I think Cork and Limerick, especially up in Croke Park. Cockett have no fear of, of, of Limerick. I know they didn't play well against Limerick and Limerick didn't play well against Cork down the most of the championship, but I think we can, we can, we can put, a, put a pin through that. That's, that's done and dusted now. I think Cork have, have really driven on in the, last, in the last few weeks. I mean, they have been the better team in, in the games, you know, slightly better against Clare and, and, and got over the line and a, and a great save by Patrick Collins, unfortunately, from a Clare point of view. Uh, and then probably the better team against Kilkenny as well and should have won it. And talking to, to people in the know that, you know, that again, when they went into the dressing room after that devastating goal to concede against Kilkenny, that there was no great panic there. They knew there was a better team. That's the different mentality in Cork have. They have there's something extra that Cork have this year that people will be pinning their hopes on Cork and will be left, you know, left to rule what it, what they think of Cork. But they have changed their attitude this year. It's 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 very impressive what Cork are doing at the moment. And judging by you know they've got a, a Dublin and a Kilkenny in in in, in back to back and they're 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 singing a nice tune now. But they're going up against the, the hot favourites Limerick. Uh, it's going to be a different story there. How can they get their hands on the ball? They won't go down the physical stakes. The Watford tried against Limerick in the first five minutes. I'm sure you know they they will try to get the ball and run at Limerick. You know, try to try to go through the lines as they call it. You know, and 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 but like, trying to go down the physical stakes with Limerick is, is a non-runner. So I think Cork will have to obviously run, run, run all day. They have the legs to do it. No question about it. With Robbie O'Flynn, you know, Jack O'Connor, you know, Luke Mead, you know, obviously Shane Kingston could probably be on from the start at this time. You know, so they have the legs, guys. It's just a matter of getting the ball into their hands. If they have have that they can cause Limerick some serious difficulties on, on Sunday, you know. But Limerick, obviously, you know, they 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 they, they know that they'll have to up it another notch. I mean, while the water game was impressive, I think there's still a bit more there's still a bit more to, to, to go for Limerick. It's not perfect for Limerick at the moment. There is little lulls that uh, that they're allowing teams kind of creep back into it. But obviously, they they push it on well in the in the in the last quarter. Obviously, against Water put that game to bit. Just a quick one, of course, but I was just speaking there, Patsy, about you know Limerick having their lulls, and we often see these water breaks. Uh, you know, like. Canerk seems to be able to fix up anything that's going wrong. Just a quick one before we we we, we finalise the the player of the year. Th- your thoughts on it? Should the water breaks go or stay? Well, I, I think they'll have to go. I mean, that's not the GA's that's not the GA's route to to go. I assume I assume when when things are cleared up from this COVID uh, thing, I I would say the water breaks will go. I I just don't think that's a GA uh, thing. I don't think the GA want to see tactics boards around the, around, no. around the water break and stuff like that. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a non runner. Even in the club scene, it can be very, you know, it can be very. 
the trend is the trend is not very very good for the club the club player either. It's it's okay if you're if you're getting a, a bit of a, a bit of a trim or something that you know, kind of like a time out like you have. Is, you yeah, time out is exactly yeah. how it's saying. Yeah. yeah, but I mean the the, the 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 team that's going well doesn't really want this water break, and I think you know it's not good for the for for the GA. It's not good for the you know for the ordinary club the club management either. They want to go thirty minutes all the way to half time, and I think I think it'll be gone anyway next year, and I, and I hope it is because I, I think it's, it's kind of affecting the games. All right, you know you you could be you could have a cracking match there for for 15 minutes there and you don't want it to stop actually and obviously the referee is in, you know he has to stop it and then you might get the you might get the last 20 minutes as good as good and hopefully that won't that won't affect the All Ireland on, on, on Sunday. Betsy, uh, your player of the year at the moment. I know everything can change tomorrow in the final, but your your leading contender going into the game. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a it's a it's a tricky question. There's there's obviously the two the two teams that are left would probably be the would have the would have the upper hand. You know, I. Looking, looking at the the, the Cork point of view, there, you know, it, it, it it's difficult. But they, they have that they, Robert Downey there has had a fantastic year for Cork there in fullback. You know, he's 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 done done very well. Um, how would I say from 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 the from the Limerick point of view? I think Shane Flanagan has a, has a, has a, has had a good year. Uh, he's 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 there about Obviously, you know, Keen Lynch. Is is, is 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 moving well as well, you know. So there is a few. It, it, it'll come down to the to the All Ireland tomorrow. Like Kyle Hayes, obviously with that with that, with that yeah. great muster final, um, you know, he he's up there. It'll come down to the to the, to, to whoever masters it t- tomorrow. Like in in this, and uh, someone will come out, come out, and put their put their head above the water, as they say. And uh, you know, Tim O'Mahony had a fine year for Cork. So it, it is between these two teams. I don't think there's there's anyone yeah. anyone out there to, to, to worry it. But um, it, it, the interesting guys, you know, Flanagan has a, has a day. Where he gets four or five points in play and, and, and maybe maybe gets a man the match award or something like that, he could push himself up to the top, to the top. I, Flanagan has turned out to be a fine hurler and um, you know very hard to stop. Um, okay, we're talking about getting, you know usual suspects there'll be Garrod Hegarty and stuff, but they haven't they've only come, come in and out of games in my in my view they're they're not as the same as the, as they were to the four last year. So I think Cork have a great chance here now tomorrow. So ho- hopefully we'll we'll be, we'll be in for for a, for a crack in All Ireland. I look at it and say you could easily tip Limerick and say that you know they'll, they'll win, but what's the point in tipping Limerick? I think I'm going to go for the upset. I think I'm going to go for Cork there. Come in, Petsy. All Ireland drought. Come in, Petsy. Uh, and so with that, this Petsy, here with first. That, that, com- that concludes our, our time here on Sports on Scarpe Community Radio. Petsy, as always, interesting to, to hear your views, and we look forward to hearing much more as the championship progresses. Petsy Fahey, got a meal Thank you very much, Petsy. That's it. And once again, thanks to Petsy Fahey for taking the time to talk to us. And also, there's a clear environment in the All Ireland final tomorrow on both sides. And we wish Alan Cunningham from Shannon, Will Tones and Shannon, Angus O'Brien from Broadford, who are involved with Limerick, and of course, Christy O'Connor of St. Joseph's, who is the forwards coach at Cork. We wish them all the very best of luck. Pet, also before we, we, we close, there's a small matter of the All Ireland Camogie quarterfinals this evening. Kilkenny versus Wexford, Tippin Waterford, in a nutshell, call the two semi finals. Going on all known form, Leo, you have to say. Tip and Kilkenny I suppose just you know I don't think there's a shock on the cards but you never know but uh, that's what I'd be thinking anyway yeah and with that that concludes our sports and show here today uh, my thanks as always to Cobras into Pat McNamara thanks to our guests Michael Verney and Patsy Fahey thanks to Jim Collins into Contordor for keeping the show on the road and thanks very much to you for listening here on Scarif Bay Community Radio we hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward hopefully you look forward to a very good All Ireland final uh, tomorrow between Cork and Limerick and all that remains is for me Leo Dial for Sportsline in association with the Dare Credit Union Scarif until we meet again it's Bannock Day August Sloan.